I mean, a pirate is no different than a politician. No. They, they're just upfront about the theft, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe dress a little more swag. <laughs> You're listening to Outer Banks This Week with Autumn and Justin, a place for people to hear what's going on up and down the beach and get the truth about what really goes on around the Outer Banks. So here they are, Autumn and Justin. La, 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 la. I think this is episode 33. Right? Sure. So I think this is episode 33, and I'm in here by myself, and I'm uh, going to kind of wing this thing because Justin was too um, sick <laughs> to come in this morning. But as always, Outer Banks this week with Autumn, not Justin today. Uh, <laughs> all brought to you by Real Water Sports in the Village of Waves. You can check everything out online at realwatersports.com. But if it's whether you want to learn how to stand up on a surfboard or get up on a kiteboard or foil boarding, they can definitely teach you. Also, something to keep in mind, Christmas is right around the corner. So you can get someone a surfing lesson or a kiteboarding lesson as a gift too. And that's always available. Plus, if you don't want to have everyone over at your house for Thanksgiving, a great place to um, host Thanksgiving would be in the penthouse at Waterman's Retreat. So you could check that out. Waterman's Cabanas that got there and Waterman's Bar and Grill. Um, we're going to have Scott Dawson in. And Scott, I don't know who Scott is, so we're going to find out together. <laughs> So I have Scott in here, <laughs> Scott Dawson, and you are, so what exactly do you do, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Everything, yeah, seriously. So I'm the president of the Croatone Archaeological Society, and Croatone is just the old name of Hatter's Island. Okay. And my family's been there eight or nine generations, so okay. I'm basically my Born own. Born and raised. I'm my own cousin at this point. Okay. <laughs> So now I'm running a museum down there, okay. and it's all the artifacts that we've been digging up for the last 14 years from the Croatoan Indian Village. And in there is all this Elizabethan material from the Lost Colony, which is only lost for three months a year, you know? Yeah, right. That's, that, that <laughs> whole, According to the, the yeah. <laughs> yeah. That whole thing is just a marketing campaign. It's all it's ever been. I've never seen it. You don't have to, to, <laughs> to be affected by it because... The narrative of the play is what's taught in school. Okay. The story that is taught in school everywhere from California to here is that this colony vanished and he left behind his cryptic message, Croatoan. <laughs> and no one knows what it means, <laughs> except that the English actually lived on Croatoan for three years before they ever went to Roanoke. Manio and Wanchis are not from Roanoke. They're from Hatteras. Okay. Ne- neither one of them was a chief. They never fought each other. Like, that's all misinformation that comes from fiction. Okay. And one of the things that happens in history is when fiction and history go to war, fiction wins every time. So I guess um, what kids are taught, the big cornerstone of the, the lie, mm-hmm. is that no one knows what Croatoan means. And the reason that that matters is because teaching that to kids makes it to where you just erase that tribe from history completely. If you say you don't know what the word means, that's no different than saying they wrote down Cherokee and no one's ever heard of them, mm-hmm. right? So Croatoan's a real place and real people, and they had a major role in American history. It's not just that Manio's from there. When the English were living there, the reason that they went to Hatteras in the first place is to use the island as a base to pirate the Spanish. So basically, we're settled by pirates. Mm-hmm. And in those three years that they're living there, they get in a 
we'll call it the local affairs. Um, the Croatoan were at war with another tribe around Matamesquite and also Man's Harbor okay. that was called the Sequitan tribe. And the English get sucked into that and end up burning down a village and they murdered the chief, cut his head off, kid- <laughs> kid- kidnapped people, you know, basically acted white. Just, you know, and what they did on a daily basis. Pretty much. Yeah. But the whole time they're doing this, the Croatoan are just as guilty because they're helping them do that. Hmm. Now, when a colony comes in, they were coming in to pick up 15 men who'd been left here. And those guys had already been killed. They didn't know that, though. So when they stopped by to pick those guys up from Roanoke, they um, had one of their own killed as well. His name was George Howe. And the Sequitin came over from Man's Harbor, shot him 16 times, and then bashed his brains out. When, when George Howe was <laughs> murdered, and this is a much more significant event than Virginia Dare's birth, yeah. as far as like where the colony went, because this is very telling. When he gets killed, they send 20 men back to Croatoan. This is before the governor even left. They've already got 20 guys going down there with Manio. And they asked for help. They said, you know, these guys from Daskamonopo, which is Man's Harbor, uh, just <laughs> brutally murdered one of our men. And we're pretty sure they murdered the 15 guys from that we were trying to pick up. And we don't want to fight. Yeah. Now, we'll forgive them for all of that. They can forgive us for a bunch of stuff that we didn't even do. But they wanted the Croatoan to communicate that for them because they were afraid that if they went over there, it would just be a fight instantly. And it probably would have been. Okay. However, some of the English were really upset. So they said, if we don't hear anything in a week, then we're going to go over there and kill them all because we are English by God, right? <laughs> so <laughs> a week goes by and they go, I'm just going to call it Man's Harbor. When they go over to... <laughs> That's probably the best because you'll have yeah. me lost here in a <laughs> <Yeah>. second. <laughs> they go to Man's Harbor, guns ready, and the Croatoan are there. And they're like, don't shoot. It's, like, it's us. We're, we're stealing all of their corn and pumpkins. We just sacked the village. Like, we just wanted you to talk to them. But that, that's not how Hatteras works. So <laughs> <laughs> their chief is there. His name was Minotonin. His wife and baby are there. They're, they're taking over Man's Harbor. So then they come over and they watch Virginia Dare pop out and Baby Harvey pop out. And Manny is baptized, all that stuff. And the governor tells him, just write down where you're going in an obvious location. Doesn't come back for three years. That's like the only part that's true. <laughs> <laughs> when, they, when they get back, they see Croatoan, which was a mystery to no one. And what he said, I've memorized it, is, I was greatly joyed of a certain token of the safety of our colony at the island of Croatoan, which is the place where Manuel was born and the people on that island are friends. The next morning, it was agreed by the captain, myself, and others to weigh anchor and go to Croatoan, period. So they tried to do that. How long does it take you to memorize that? Not very long, but <laughs> it's, it's probably off a little, but no one's going to know. You know, basically nah. that's what he says. And they get in the ships, and eight of them had already drowned. So they had, a, they had a horrible trip over. None of the ships ever came to Roanoke Island because you can't. It's like two feet deep. The replica that we have, that's the only 16th century ship that's ever been here is the one they built here. <laughs> so if they had a rowboat with a flag in it, that'd be more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> they, they had to anchor in the ocean and take rowboats across the inlet. Yeah. And when they were doing that, eight of them died, including the captain. They had a mutiny, and John White was able to calm them down and try again. Mm-hmm. Well, now they get hit by a hurricane going to Croatoan, lose their anchors, their ship's damaged, they take on water, their anchors are ripped away, and they basically just said, like, screw you and your colony, we're going home. They end up wrecking in Ireland. So that's more abandoned than hmm. lost, you know. And it's fine to, you can pretend they're 
Colony's loss doesn't bother me. But saying that Croatoan is like a mystery word, that's wrong. Yeah. Because they're in every page on the story. Huh. So then the next time that anybody goes to Hatter's Island, yeah. there's blue-eyed Indians wearing English clothes who told them their ancestors are white people who could speak out of a book, and they, they came on Sir Walter Raleigh's ship. <laughs> no one ever said the colony was lost until da, 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 1937 when Paul Green made that up out of the thin air to sell tickets. And that's all it's ever been. So we're like, well, let's let's put some science to it. You okay. know? Let's go down and really investigate this. Yeah. And we've got everything you could possibly find in the Croatoan Indian village in a context, in a layer from the 1500s. So it's not just guns and swords and housewares. We got all that, too. But there's even a bronze Tudor rose, <laughs> which is the, the most. That's like finding a, a bronze swastika if you were looking for a Nazi camp. It's so specific to this group of people in this time and place. Interesting. Be- because I'll explain what a Tudor Rose is. Yeah, please do. M- uh, why would you know? You yeah, I've been like sitting here. So like, in, in England, they had their own civil war called the War of the Roses. Uh-huh. This is before they ever touched America. And nobody won. They had the House of York and Lancaster. They each had a, a rose on their flag, one white, one red. And they compromised in the end, and they combined them together and had this white and red rose that... Henry VIII, the, the one that like chop heads off, you know, yeah. that's that's Queen Elizabeth's dad. That's also <laughs> Bloody Mary's dad, and the the Tudor reign goes from Henry through Elizabeth, and then it's over, and King James comes in. Now, the symbol for that house is this Tudor rose. Well, that ended when Elizabeth died because the Tudors killed King James's mom, and <laughs> the thing about when you kill somebody's mom. <laughs> And then they become king. <laughs> it doesn't work out well. So Sir Walter Raleigh was beheaded by James. He goes after the, all the Tudors. So all the investors of this colony, all these people were murdered, put in jail, or they left and changed their names and lived in Scotland or whatever. And no one in Jamestown is wearing a Tudor rose. That's like a French guy wearing a, a swastika. Okay. So it is very, very English, but it's also that group. It's yeah, like with, it was very specific to them. Exactly. Yeah, we've got that along along with a snap house. And you found that where in Croatoan. So when you're digging the Indian villages in Buxton, Frisco, yeah. Hatteras, they had three of them. You can see the longhouses. The um, foundations are still there. They call it a Yeehawken, mm-hmm. and the post holes are there. Their fire pits are there. All of their pottery, their pipes, like everything that they owned is inside these long houses and in these middens and you can get the exact shape and size of the house from the foundations hmm. and we're just very fortunate that, that doesn't have a 15 bedroom easter egg colored mansion on it yet yeah so you know on a lot of it's on my family's land too which they've been there forever and, yeah. and none of us ever sell like ever yeah right so thank god yeah, exactly <laughs> so dig all that stuff up <laughs> and um you know it's just Probably the closest thing to time travel you can do. And and um, the problem is is that the very first 16th century artifacts that were found that were English were found in a layer from like 1650. Mm-hmm. And that's because when you dig, of course, you're going to go from like now to then. Mm-hmm. So you're starting with like a Sony Walkman, you know, from the 80s or whatever. But you get down in the 1650s, you're going to hit that before you get to the 1580s, right? Right. Well, some of the stuff from the 1580s was so valuable, like guns, and they, that they held on to it for a few decades before they discarded it. Mm-hmm. But you really need to find a layer that's pure 1500s. 
and we did that too. There's a there's a two hour special on HBO Max right now mm-hmm. where it shows us dig up the Tudor Rose live. What? What? Like, what is that? Where is that? I mean, you said HBO Max. Okay, so what's yeah, it, what it's is it's called the Lost Colony Roanoke New Evidence. Okay. You never get anything when the cameras are rolling. Yeah. You know, but we did, and they took us out on a charter boat one day, and there was all these dolphins jumping. It was like most I've ever seen. I was born there. Mm-hmm. But I acted like it was just another Tuesday, you know? <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah. Cool. Welcome to the island. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, everything fell in place, and we ended up getting a Tudor button as well and, and just all this stuff. But there's hundreds of thousands of English artifacts from the 1580s in this village, and it's in a layer that's pure... There's nothing in there from the 1600s. So that's crazy. Let's say, um, you know, we're having one of those festivals out here mm-hmm. and we get hit by some Pompeii like event and somebody digs us up later. Mm-hmm. Somebody out there might have a coin in their pocket from 1985. Right. But it doesn't mean that that event happened in the 80s. Yeah. But if you dig that whole field, you're also going to find a quarter from 2023. Mm-hmm. Whatever the most recent artifact is, that's what dates the layer. Because you're not going to have future stuff. Okay. Right? You're not going to have an iPad in. Yeah. Right? The most recent thing in the layer where we're getting all this stuff is 1587. Hmm. There's nothing beyond that. All of the iron has been repurposed. They're taking the hoops of barrels and the door hinges and they're turning them into tools. Hmm. And it's not like being beaten with a hammer. They're, um, it's metallurgy. They're using a, a forge. They're using a blacksmith shop and twisting this metal and heating it up, which it's telling you that the colony was pretty desperate yeah. when you take your hinges and remove your door because you need the iron. But it also shows that they lived long enough to use up all of their hatchets and mm-hmm. whatnot. So it's kind of eerie. There's even glass arrowheads where a plate breaks and instead of throwing a glass away, they chip it in the arrowheads. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, they're not getting any more. <laughs> yeah. All those all those fancy earrings become fish hooks. Huh. So, you know, sorry guys, but Virginia Dare probably grew up to marry somebody named Tamaniok. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what made you get into this? Like as a kid, like were you just fascinated by it? Because from growing up here and like the pirates and just arg and digging now, up treasure. When I was a kid, all I cared about was surfing, you know? Yeah. When I, when I got older... Like most tatters, um, boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. <laughs> it is true. Um, we lost our house in Hurricane Emily. Okay. And both my parents lost their jobs, too. And we moved around. I went to, like, five high schools. Mm. And um, then to college and came back. And it was just irritating because, like, not to be all Elizabeth Warren on you, but, like, we are Croatoan, mm. you know, a little bit. And um, I kind of felt a duty because they're not here mm-hmm. to defend themselves. So, and it's just, uh, what a colossal waste to just build houses all over that, right? Okay. So I wanted to salvage something. I didn't care if the colony was there or not. In the beginning, I just wanted to get the native stuff out before it's underneath somebody's swimming pool. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. that alone would be worth doing. And I just wanted to fill up like a jewelry case. And now it's an international dig and we've got people from England and Norway and all over Japan coming in and all these experts and we've had HBO, the Travel Channel, Discovery Channel, Science Channel. History is under attack and I feel like we're getting a W though here because mm-hmm. what we're doing is empirical evidence. Like you can come down there to the museum and you can see it. Mm-hmm. Like you see all these native artifacts and you see these English artifacts and it's just totally undeniable. It's right there. It's like, um, what else do you need to do? The, the problem is, is that people learn when they're nine, the myth. 
Yeah. And they live with it their whole life. And it's a lot easier to fool someone mm-hmm. than it is to convince them they've been fooled. Yeah. And yeah. so that's what we're dealing with. But I mean, pe- there's people who think the earth is flat for God's sake. Yeah, so, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to get everybody. No, you're not. I have to take a quick break because we got to give a shout out to Wanchies Off-Road, one of our sponsors here on the podcast. Wanchies Off-Road and Diesel Performance Specialists in Kiltable Hills from general upkeep to major modification performance suspension, lift kits, basic old vehicle maintenance, all that stuff. You can visit them on Facebook, Instagram, or give Ryan Walker a holler at 252-715-0025. But Wanchi's Off-Road, thank you for hanging out with us on the podcast as always. And yeah, I do need to get my Jeep over there to get um, some modifications done like brakes. Brakes are super important on a vehicle. <laughs> All right, Scott. So do you have like a lot of schools that come to the museum and stuff and check it out? Um, or so, do they not know about it enough? Like, how does this work? So Wanchi's um, Christian Academy is mm-hmm. coming. I forgot when. <laughs> but they're coming. <laughs> but yeah. they're coming. And um, actually, the very first, I had half of the third grade from Hatteras came in, which nice. is only 18 kids. Yeah. And... They're they're young. They don't want you to to talk to them. So I said, let's do something hands-on. And what we do is we process everything everything through a quarter-inch screen, sifting all the dirt, and you get all the big artifacts out. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you collect it in a tarp layer by layer, and you put it in buckets and label everything carefully, and you'll go through it a second time through mosquito mesh. And you get these little tiny lead shot balls and these little glass beads and all the small artifacts. Yeah. So I was let's do that. Yeah. So I took about maybe three shovels full of dirt out of this bucket with the third graders. Mm-hmm. They found a silver ring, three musket balls, and a bunch of glass beads <laughs> from 1650. So they were pretty stoked about that. that and is pretty um, cool. the eighth grade is coming on the 13th. Mm-hmm. So I have to, you know, you're not going to let these third graders punk you, right? You got <laughs> to find more than them. So have you been telling them that? I'm going to. Yeah. Um, there's, I think there's only 13 of them coming. Okay. So they only, Hatteras only has about 30, 40 kids in a grade. Yeah, I know. It's a great, like, private public school almost yeah. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing they win at anything. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But they do. Like, <laughs> every kid down there has to play every sport. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Their surf team's really good. Yeah. I'm sure it is. Um, so whenever they come into Buxton, that's where you're at right there. Right there, mile post 61, like, as soon as you get through the nothingness. The nothingness, of, yep. The, the Where lap. the speed limit just went back up. Yeah, thank mm, God. I, I got a ticket right uh, when it went down. Uh, <laughs> I was like, come on. Yeah. Like, what am I going to hit? Sand? It's <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but whatever, yeah. <laughs> but what times are you open? I'm open every day except for Tuesday or, like, if the waves are really good. <laughs> But, that's what have my clients. Well, that that's too. that's Hatteras. I have, you, it is. Uh, you're building a house. Forget it. Like oh no, I, I know. Like I had to stop in a rusty surf and turf to get his beer order, and he was. I had to call him because he was surfing. Yeah, same I know thing him. With, like, <laughs> Same thing with Briggs. If I if he orders a keg from Lisa's, I'm like, yes. hey, what, are you surfing this week? Or like, what like, are you doing? Well, one day the rest of the world will be as enlightened as Hatteras. <laughs> I agree with that. Shut down when there's waves or fish or, you know. <laughs> So, so you went to school for this, went to like you, yeah. so you have a degree in all of this. You I, I went to the dirt. University of Tennessee forever ago and it's just, what? I, the, the leader is Mark Horton 
And he started his own college recently, but he was at the University of Bristol. And that's like about the equivalent of like Wake Forest over here. It's good. And he brings all of his students with him, but they're all grad students. They're not undergrad. (laughs) (laughs) But they're from Ireland and Wales and wherever. But we also have like Dr. Henry Wright comes out of um, University of Michigan. And there's like the whole list. Bruce Kaiser, he invented the XRF machine, which is, he's a particle physicist. This this is dope. I got to tell you about it. <laughs> so this thing, it looks like it's millions of dollars for one of them. And there's only like 12 of them in the world. And he invented it. And he brought down the very first one that was ever made. <laughs> and what it is, is it looks like a giant price gun with all these keys in it and stuff. And you zap things with a laser. You put it underneath and just pull the trigger. And it bounces a laser off of, let's say you had a copper coin or whatever, mm-hmm. or a piece of glass. And it'll um, tell you on a laptop with a periodic table on it how much potassium and lead and, and all the elements that are inside whatever you hit. Oh, my gosh. Because everything in the universe has like a unique signature. Uh, it's like a barcode. It's basically the shadows of the atom <laughs> of the electrons going around it. Yeah. Something bizarre. Whatever. I don't know. I couldn't make one, but like I'm, I'm sitting there going, what? <laughs> you know? But we got all these guys in and they're like, yeah, we're going to drill into the copper and look at the isotopes. And they can tell you where in the world that glass was made and where the copper ore was mined and all that stuff. So. And they did that here. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then there's the electrolysis on the iron. Like it's the the science and the academics is A plus. Mm hmm. The um, organization is A plus. The money is a F. Yeah. You know? So that's the problem is we just don't, nobody likes asking for money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We built all the sifters in my house. It's all volunteers. The so labor's there and we're just getting it done. But um, we we are raising money to get like cases and things like that. So yeah. How do you get money? Like what, do, like just. Mostly people donate, but. I also have a little gift shop in the museum. Mm-hmm. All right. So what was I going to ask you here? Um, it involved, oh, so you growing up here and stuff like that or kind of bouncing around, whatnot, but coming back, you've got to know some kind of crazy ghosty type of stories. Being October, I'm all about it. Like I, I yeah. know I've heard stories from down there, and, but I just want to know you, you know, a lot of history. So. I have the best, <laughs> the best ghost story that's ever been told. Okay. And it's not the Cora tree. All right. <laughs> all right. And it ties into our dig. So in 1973, uh, these guys and girls, there's three guys, three girls, like 20 year olds, mm-hmm. and they're building a dirt ramp to jump with a three wheeler because it's Hatter's. <laughs> <laughs> and accidentally, I'll emphasize, they found some skulls, human uh-huh. skulls. And they were stupid and took them home. Mm. And I've had this story told to me by two of the six, and they're now like 70 years old, right? And they still get goosebumps and telling you this story. Mm. So what happened is, um, and I, he wouldn't mind me telling you his name because he's fine with it. This guy named Alan was, honestly, his okay. last name out. Alan. Um he lived over there by the Red and White in Hatter's Village. Love the Red and White. And his girlfriend and at the time, they, were, they just had a mattress. They didn't have a bed. They were sleeping in there. And she's smacking him, woke him up real early in the morning. He looked over at her, and she couldn't even talk. She was just pale, sweating, and pointing at the foot of the mattress. And he looked down there, and there's an Indian standing there chanting. And he said he was, like, so gripped with fear that he couldn't even run out of the room. Hmm. And they heard this bang, bang, banging on the door like you beat a metal door. And the, the Indian just vanished. 
No. Right? So he gets up and he runs to the door, and their friend Johnny was standing there with his skull in his hand. And he said, you're not going to believe what happened to me this morning. It was the same thing happened to him. So they take their skulls and they start heading down Cola Road, which mm-hmm. is behind the red and white, and it goes. That's where they found them, that okay. end, end of Kohler. And they see their friend Harold and his girlfriend's yelling at him, get out of here, I don't want it in the house. And all six of them had the same dream, whatever whatever you want to call it, at the same time. So they put the skulls back. They called a state archaeologist in, which at the time was Dr. David Phelps. And it ended up being 110 people in this massive grave. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... On our dig, we found three people, not on purpose, but mm-hmm. it happens. Yeah, of course. And this was the first time that it happened, and you have to send it into the state to make sure it's not some tourist that mouthed off in 1980 <laughs> yeah. or whatever, right? And we knew it wasn't because we went through, like, the Civil War, the Rev War, all that on the way down, so we knew they were old. And um, But you have to, by law, send it to Raleigh. Well, mm-hmm. we couldn't because it was during Hurricane Ida, what, what hurricane, whatever. The, the road was washed out in Rodanthe. Somebody sneezed, whatever. Yeah. And so they had to sit in my house for three days in these boxes. And I didn't want them there because no. I, I knew this story, right? Mm-hmm. And even though I was like halfway didn't believe it, now I do, you know, because I got these things in my bathroom. And one morning I was just here, this dun 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 dun. Like somebody, Shut up. I swear to God. And I woke up, and my heart was in my neck, and I could still hear it. I was awake. I was like, damn, I'm out of here. I'm not that white. Like, I'm leaving. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I I sling open the door, and my daughters are in there beating a drum. And they're like, they were mad at me because I just got them with the tree, you know? (laughs) So they they got me back because they knew I was freaked out about those skulls. I was mad, but I was proud, you know? (laughs) They got me so good. That is great. <laughs> How'd you get them with the Cora tree? So it's a tradition on, I don't know, if they, I guess they still do it, but um, <laughs> Cora tree is in Frisco mm-hmm. and the road goes around it for those that don't know. It's Snug Harbor and the, the, the tree is like 900 years old. It's absolutely massive. Um, I'm six one. I, my twin brother is two. And the two of us and my wife, who's five two, we all hold hands and we can't hug around the tree. That's how big it is. Yeah. And it says Cora on the side. And there's all kinds of legends, mm-hmm. you know, which was hung there and this and that. No one knows it really. But um, what they do to the kids, there used to be a Coast Guard base there in Buxton, haunted house, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, that they all put on. It was like really cool, for, especially for down there because you don't ever get to do anything. Yeah. And um, <laughs> they said, we'll take you to the haunted house Coast Guard, but you got to go up the Cora tree and stick your hand in there and grab one of those dolls. Because it's hollow and it's full of these dolls that have no face. Um, that who knows, like people put them in there. Yeah, just your parents did it or whatever. And so we got up there. We're like eight, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna stick my hand in, grab a doll, run back, and we'll all go to the haunted house." Well, as soon as you do, all of the parents are hiding, and they shoot shotguns in there and rev the engine and turn the horn on like full blast and start. (laughs) And there's like flip-flops flying, everybody's running back, and then they take you to the haunted house laughing. <laughs> so that was done to me. So oh, what a time to be alive. I, mean, I did that to my kids, of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
Except I really laid it on, yeah. you know? And then they got me back, like, uh, way, way worse with that drum. That, that drum thing, that, that's pretty good. Very yeah, they, they got me. That was 100% my oldest daughter. <laughs> the younger one was just, like, didn't know. But um, she's, she, she still laughs about it now. She takes credit now, you know, of course. Uh, so do you have any events that you do anytime during the year going on or, or do you participate where people can come look at other things besides the museum if they're out and about yeah but when the school tours come in i go i do the sifting with them and that kind of thing and then i usually go somewhere else okay like i'm going to greenville twice in october and i'm going to duckwoods that's easy because it's near yeah. nearby yeah. and 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 i talk to them and sell them books but um <laughs> they we're doing another dig in April, but this one's going to be in um, Ocracoke. Okay. We'll go dig up Blackbeard, maybe. Oh, that'd be but, nice, right? <laughs> yeah. It's there somewhere, there but, or in Bath. Now, he's buried there um, for sure, because when he got killed, uh, there was also nine other pirates that were killed and 11 Marines that died. And a lot of the 20 other Marines were wounded, and they all stayed behind. Like, all the wounded guys, they had to bring a surgeon in. And then Captain Maynard, the guy that killed him, um, actually took Blackbeard's ship to Bath because his own ship was so full of holes. And the other ship that went after Blackbeard, Captain Hyde, was killed, and his ship was full of holes. So they took the reason they took his head off and put it on the bowsprit is they were meeting the army in Bath. So they had to show, like, hey, it's really us, because Blackbeard was known to use false flags and things. So mm-hmm. they put his head out there and make it like, hey, we won, we got him, it's right here. That It's not like a morbid trophy, you know? So that's why they did that. And But his body... Minus in the head is an Ocracoke because those guys, it, it was November 22nd, mm-hmm. same day Kennedy is killed, right? Um, they're there past Christmas before they can go home. They tried twice and then stormed it both times. And so they're still there. And there's this hilarious um, primary source where they hear Christmas songs coming from the belly of the ship. And it was the nine, the, the chained up pirates and the, the uh, leftover Marines were singing together. Mm. You know, but when those guys are killed, you can't just leave them bloating, banging around the ship. So they buried them right there off Springer's Point near the well. Hmm. And uh, everyone in Oak Creek knows that. Yeah, but like, like, where's his treasure at? They spent it. You think so? Oh, yeah. 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 So six of the pirates that were in Bath that Mm -hmm. did not participate in the Battle at Oak Creek, they all got acquitted. And they died the richest men in North Carolina. Um, they ended up purchasing the governor's house for 10 times the value. Gotcha. Because right? he was in on it. And um, they found a letter on Blackbeard from Tobias Knight, which was the governor's secretary and next door neighbor. So they went and they, they're like, what's this about? And they found 60 hogsheads of sugar in his barn covered in hay that uh, Blackbeard found on a French ship. I mean, come on. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, that t- takes that out of the picture. Digging up that anytime soon, I mm. guess. <laughs> Those guys are spending money like Mayweather. They're, yeah. like, they're buying herds of cattle and all kinds of stuff. And, um, <laughs> you know, so, and how? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the money is already gone, unfortunately. But one of them's uh, grandson became the governor of Tennessee. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess some good came out of it. You know? Yeah, maybe. I mean, a pirate is no different than a politician. And nope. They're just upfront about the theft, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe dress a little more swag. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves Blackbeard, and he's a horrible person. Yeah. But he has that Ric Flair effect where you just love him anyway. 
mm-hmm. because some of the stuff he did was think of a pirates and like uh, cool and well he had a he stole they stole a ship with a hundred barrels of Madeira wine from Portugal and he took it into Ocracoke along with Charles Vane's crew and like a hundred and fifty women from Brazil no, you know I really I mean. <laughs> So he brought he brought the booze and the girls. Well, think about it. If he walked in here right now and he set a little velvet bag down on a table full of gold Spanish coins, and was like, "You want to go to Honduras? You'd get you'd be on that ship." <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, but probably so. <laughs> oh my gosh! So you're obviously you don't get money from the state, but whenever you find these things, or yeah. do you, how, you what what do you you want to hold on to them? But do you give them to any museums or anything like that around the country or like anything no, like he, that? No, you'd never see them again. Yeah. And I got gotcha. you. I don't know how that is, works. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff was found in Hatteras before mm-hmm. in the '90s, and it's where is it? Right? You know, people brought in like family heirlooms mm-hmm. for ECU to study, and they lost them. Gotcha. And they never gave them back. So we had to go to all the property owners that we had nothing to do at ECU. And, yeah, you know, I'm sure. It built that trust up. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the agreements was nothing will leave the island. But that's what the property owners wanted. Mm-hmm. So it's all there. It's all on display. And right there in the museum. Yeah. I mean, we take stuff off the island to do electrolysis. Like, there's lab work you can't do in Buxton. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but it comes back. Everything comes back to the island. And it's all But there, they also so. come to you, too, because they brought you a, what, a million-dollar machine? How much was that machine? Well, again? we didn't get to keep it. You I know? know, but they still brought it to, like, check right. things out. Right, yeah, they, they brought that down, and um, there's, you know, we got a little bit from uh, the Travel Channel and the Science Channel. Like, yeah. when, when, a, when a show comes, they'll, like, kick you something. Well, that's good. Any more spooky stories that you have from the island? I think one of the... Most underrated uh, tales from down there is the the ghost ship. Okay. You know, the Carol Deering. It's a real ship. It's got nothing to do with ghosts, nothing to do with supernatural, but seven ships went missing in one weekend mm-hmm. from five different countries. And they never saw any of the ships again except for one, which wrecked at Cape Point. And the anchors were gone. The sails were down, which the first thing you do in a storm is furl them up. Mm-hmm. Like, so they're, uh, the, the wheel was smashed on board to splinters and the sledgehammer was sitting there. The dory lines were cut. A dory is a lifeboat. And on the big ships, they have to lower them down with Mm -hmm. these ropes. And those were cut. So somebody left in a hurry. And it seems like probably a mutiny. Mm -hmm. But what about the other ships? Yeah. And they're they're not connected. They're like one's from Italy, one's from here. Or two two of them were American, whatever. But... What I think is funny is ultimately what they did was blow the ship up because it was a hazard in the channel. And so it just went all the way to Ocracoke with the wreckage and everybody down there has a, this is from the Carol Deering, you know, <laughs> let me show you this. And this, this lady showed me a wheel and I was like, I don't think so. Because uh, the report, the life saving station said a wheel was smashed with a, a sledgehammer. And I said, where did you get it? She was at an auction. I was like, well. Yeah, yeah. they lying to you. That's that's a wheel, but it's not from that <laughs> ship. <laughs> I should have just been like, cool. <laughs> yeah, just let her just, just let her have on. Tell her more stories. Yeah, just let her have something. <laughs> Do you um have Instagram or anything like that? Post up any of your stuff, or you just surf too much to have bother with it? Not, I have Instagram. I, I don't use it a whole lot, but um, I think it's just my name, Scott Dawson. Okay. And then a number, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> 
<laughs> They'll find you. I think it's I think it's fifty six. Okay. 40, 46, <laughs> one of those. And do you have pictures of like the things that you find up there? Not not a whole lot because um most of that stuff we we put on this uh website called CazHatteris.com. Okay. So it's C A S Hatteris dot com or dot org. And there's a lot on there and um I'm like too close to the fire, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I I just like digging it up, man. That's so fun. And then all the work is after that, you know. After you get everything out of the ground, is when it all the tedious stuff happens. You got to measure and weigh everything and do all of the um, the science part. And that's what grad students are for, you know. Yeah. Well, right. I guess like whenever you find a spot, do you just you you obviously know where to go, but do you just do you start with a metal detector or do you just like, I'm going to dig no. here? Um, you, you don't metal detect at all because it's when not you, all going to be metal. <laughs> you have, well, you can't dig straight down to a thing anyway. Like okay. when you do archaeology, you have to go layer by layer. Like under the earth looks like a layer cake. And then Hatteras will up the whole Outer Banks is this way. The layer cake is very easy to see. Mm-hmm. It goes from yellow to black, to red, like different levels that got there at different times and you can't date anything without carefully going layer by layer. So if you got like a big rectangle, you can't dig one side of it deeper than the other one Mm -hmm. because then that's in a different layer and everything's getting bagged together. So you have to do a whole layer. And when you feel like you're on a new layer, which is down here is super obvious, you stop, you Put all the artifacts aside. You get new bags, level two, label everything, go through level two until you get to three and so on. There's like 12 layers usually. And that's um, how you date everything, right? And sometimes it's easy. You get a coin weight that says 1544 on it, mm-hmm. right? But again, that doesn't mean it got there that yeah. year. So you got to go by the whole layer, layer of that like, area. Yeah, and look at everything that's in it, which is why when someone builds a house and they're like, well, look. Look at all this stuff we got. Mm. Well, that's great, but you can't tell anything about it, you know? It's like, yeah, I don't I don't think that Pepsi can was next to that flintlock, but yeah, right. Um, you know. <laughs> but I have it. Here it is. I I would like to go back to the 1580s if I could bring like a surfboard and some penicillin, then <laughs> I feel like I could spend the summer. You know. Hey, the least arrived. So, right? Well, the layers are all different sizes. So, um, in uh, I, I get like Nag says probably the easiest one to explain because you have this layer of topsoil is like four or five inches, you know, and then the Civil War stuff and all that is less than a foot down, right? Level two is this kind of gray sand like you see when you dig even a little bit at a playground or whatever, mm-hmm. and that goes for like two feet. And then you get like this organic hummus layer that's black. That's where all the good stuff is. And then below that um, is like a dark brown. And then that'll go all the way to, to water. <laughs> you know, but in Buxton, is the, the elevation is, is at least 14 feet, except for like right next to the beach or something. Yeah. Right? But in the woods, it, it goes up to 60 feet high in the middle of Buxton. Oh, wow. On the sedges and stuff. We don't dig there because... A lot of those dunes got there later, mm-hmm. and so you're just going to go through yellow windblown sand forever. Yeah. But you go to the base of the hills, you can get there quicker. So, so that's what you just kind of do is kind of dig 
like sideways, like diagonal in them? Or no, you go. Um, you just you got like kite string, uh-huh. and you string out exactly where you want to be, and you just gotta make be lucky yeah. that you picked a good spot and then go straight down. Huh. But um, what we'll do is we'll before that though, before we even put the rectangle out, we'll get an auger, it's like a post hole digger. And you do these little pits, and it has to be in a like a north south orientation or whatever. Make it simple for later. <laughs> yeah. And you'll get into middens, and the middens is the Indians' dump, so it's all full of broken pottery and shells and everything that they had. And there's like three foot thick layer of just shells <laughs> that that's all stuff they've eaten, and it's full of deer bone and turtle and all that stuff. And that's like really obvious mm-hmm. when you drill into it. It's like okay, well let's put a pit here. And then once you figure out where the middens are, the houses are usually uphill from that. And they're chucking their garbage into some little gully. And that makes sense. Yeah. And then the houses are are fun until they're not. Because every single post hole takes forever. Because you got to measure it, the depth. You actually scoop it out with a spoon. And then you have to look at that soil. It's not soil. It's like broken carbon. Mm -hmm. Because it was a, a wooden pole. Right. And, um... You know, it it is kind of neat, though, the, to see how all they only have one door and it is always facing the southwest. But if you lived on the island, you know why? It's hot as balls mm-hmm. all summer mm-hmm. and the wind is out of the southwest and it will blow in there. Yeah. But in the wintertime when it's cold, it's coming off the sound, which down there is to the north, you know, cause yeah. it, it bends. So that's the side of the house without the door. And I think it, uh, that's why all the doors on it. I don't know. No, I nothing, mean, it would make sense. You know, <laughs> but they're always facing that way. All, always. And I think, you know, they're, they're smarter than us. You know, they didn't build right on the ocean. So they're not <laughs> falling into the water. But uh, they didn't go right on the sound either. They're, yeah. they're up the creeks. So if you have a canoe full of fish, which they're going to have every day because they're going out these weir nets, it's like pound netting. You don't want to carry that for miles, you know. No. But you can go up the creek in the canoe and just row to the village. Mm-hmm. There's some of the creeks down there go for like miles, and they just kind of snake true. around the island. People think of Hatteras Island; they usually think of like the first part that's real narrow, mm-hmm. and that once you get to Buxton, Beach or sound. Which yeah, one it's you want. it's bigger than Kitty Hawk. Like it widens out a ton. It really you, does. Yeah, back and, there through the lighthouse and everything. Right, like that too. that's where everybody was yeah was living is in the when that you can that, look at a map sense. and go mm, I'm probably here yeah know? and it's correct yeah. so but um because it is even hillier back there too it's and there's just better soil and more deer and yeah you know there used to be an inlet north of buxton called chan Depico, which means that which is deep and become shallow and from there south was croatoan mm. north of that was not kinnakee it was a place called pakwiak which means people of the shallow water that's kind of a cool name. Uh, Wanchis means to take flight off of water. Hmm. Minitanan means he who listens well. And uh, Granganameo, which was the Man's Harbor Chief's brother, means he who's always serious. Like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What in the world's he doing in Man's Harbor? <laughs> <laughs> which is also where Wanchis was from. He's not from uh, Wanchis. Now, they met him in Hatteras, but he's from Man's Harbor. Manio is from Buxton. Hmm. So, and they just bounced around like that? Now, the English took them. Um, what, what happened is 
the war that was going on between the mainland and Hatteras, Hatteras was losing. And Granganameo, which is the mainland chief's brother, had this entourage of thugs with him. And one of them was Wanchis. And they were down in Hatteras kind of occupying it. And whenever they weren't around, all of the people were like, we hate them. Like, please help us kill them. <laughs> we don't like these guys at all. And then eventually the English do that. And Granganameo dies of English disease. And the chief's father, Insinor, died of disease. And then the chief himself, they shot him in the back twice, cut his head off. But um, the, the Croatoan helped do that. And then later, the Croatoan chief is with them raiding Man's Harbor and stealing all their food and sacking the village. So they've never gotten along with them. And um, so it all it goes back to yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> but they really hated Madame Mesquite. It's kind of huh. interesting because they were like friends with Curry Talk. It's neat to see like um, who who were buddies and who didn't like each other like before any crackers got here. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Weeping Mayock and Camden were their friends, and they um, they got along with uh, Chowan. They hated uh, Bertie. They hated like modern uh, day Dare County mainland part, mm -hmm. but also Hyde County and Columbia. They couldn't stand them either. I don't know why. All right, Scott. <laughs> All right. So what um, days are you open again? To come e Every day see? except for Tuesday from 9.30 to 5. And is the museum on Instagram or no? Yeah, my daughter just put it on. Okay. Um, it's the the Lost Colony Museum and Gifts. You have to do the and Gifts okay. part. And um, I think there's like a photo right now. So okay. She just Sweet. did it today. All right. I guess that's it, right? You have anything else you want to talk about? No. All right. Thanks for hanging out. And, uh, <laughs> just chilling. <laughs> All right, y'all. Don't forget, it is October. All kinds of spooky things, though. I know that they go on here in eastern North Carolina, and I want to know all about them. We have Wicked Woods coming up. Their opening weekend is actually this weekend, Friday the 13th. So you guys can go check that out. Make sure that you do bring cash. They do not have a credit card machine out there because they don't even have service in East Lake. Hell, they don't even have a gas station. They have one, maybe. And it's closes at six o'clock. So, I mean, they have no service out there. It's 20 bucks to get in, but they do open up this weekend and every weekend leading up to Halloween. So they'll be open this weekend and next weekend and open till 11 o'clock. And um, I want to know all of your ghost stories. If you guys know any creepy ones around here, please hit us up. Message me on Instagram. I'll probably not check it, but eventually I'll get to it. Um, we do have an email address too, and I'm not quite sure what that is, but you can get on outerbankthisweek.com. And there is the podcast link up there and everything links to that. So if you guys have any ghost stories, maybe you have more information about the Cora tree, like Scott was talking about, maybe you just have some wild, you know, archaeology piece in your house that you found somewhere that you brought back and you're like, I shouldn't have brought this damn rock back from this, you know, Native American ground or whatever. I want to know about it. It's October. So I just want to know all the creepy ghouly kind of stuff. Um, so hit us up. All right. Next week, Justin's going to do it all by himself. No, I'm just joking. I don't, I'm not a quitter anyway. So we'll be back next week, I reckon. And, um, yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in again, I guess. And, uh, thanks to real water sports for always being there through thick and thin all the time. Check them out online at realwatersports.com. They do have a fantastic store too. And I'm going to stop in there this week because it's that time of the year where all the fall sweaters and like flannels and beanies and 
jeans and all that stuff. Unfortunately, hate to say it, but it is here. It's that time of the year. So, and I know that Real Water Sports probably got all their fall inventory in. So check them out. Stop on by. It's the big red building and waves. You can't miss it or visit them online at realwatersports.com. Over 1,500 boars in stock. That's just what they have upstairs. That doesn't include what they have behind the walls and what you can actually get custom made. So all online, realwatersports.com. I'm out of here like a fat kid in dodgeball, just like Scott said. Bye, y'all. Deuces. <laughs> Another epic episode of The Outer Banks this week with Autumn and Justin. Woo woo. Follow them on social media and listen every Thursday for a new episode. Woo woo.